killerset at gmail.com. Ahead of the curve, annoying. <laughs> I gave up taking Adderall, so I wouldn't focus as much on how ahead of the curve annoying my wife can be. In bed, our lucky number three cries for more boob. And my wife says, without fail, if I give the baby more boob, he'll be on the boob all night long. I reply, your boob has more important places to be. Be happy. Your torn up nips are getting any attention at all. Especially since your foamy nips, three unplanned kids later, started to taste like a perpetual, regrettable, non-fat latte. Can I get a holla for an A-plus gem that I took my time with to ensure my killer set at gmail.com finally comes to freaking fruition? Holla. Thank you very much. Tarantino. Liquor. The sample beat, Maestro. Otherwise known as the RZA from the Wu Tang Wu Tang clan teamed up with the Good Humor Truck team to come up with a new jingle made with love because the old jingle was used in ministry comedy shows where performers were blackface back in the day. Yet don't dare question the RZA's sudden virtue signaling gesture of goodwill knowing he had zero problem scoring the soundtrack for Kill Bill 1 and 2 despite Quentin Tarantino's liberal use of the N-bomb sprinkled throughout his award winning screenplay Pulp Fiction because the Rizzas Sterling Social justice, writing cred, ain't nothing to fuck with. Holla. Thank you very much. The Hateful Two. Who told Samuel L. Jackson it looks cool to dress up like Spike Lee's grandmother, who identifies as a jazz critic descendant of Sonny Rollins in Tyler Perry's new film, The Uppity Cunt, co-starring Jeffrey Wright, who plays his fake news OG sax savant brother graduate from Juilliard, obviously. (laughs) CBD oil only. Vermont should change their state motto from the green state to CBD oil. Oil only. Unless you have an in-state medicinal weed card for Trump derangement syndrome. Bernie Sanders couldn't even make Vermont great for potheads on vacation. True Lincoln log story. Google it. My great, great, great grandfather, Austin Goller, saved his boyhood Bud, Abraham Lincoln from drowning, yet nobody ever heard 
of Ossengaler, and he couldn't rub two pennies together before he died. A broke down never was. Because when Abe was drowning to death in the river off Knob Creek, because he slipped on a log while crossing Knob Creek to rush back in time for supper or miss out on more raccoon soup, <laughs> a seven-year-old Abe had a vision of liberating the black man from slavery. But had his friends, Austin, promised to never tell anyone about Abe almost drowning to death because Abe couldn't let the black man know he was a worse swimmer than they. What a jip! <laughs> Poor Austin never got to cash in on the greatest presidential save after JFK kept Marilyn warm for Bobby. <laughs> My great-great-great-grandfather, Austin Goller, was a man of his word and never told anyone about saving Abe's life until after his assassination. But he had to have been tempted from time to time, especially at the local moonshine shack on a Friday night when the circus was in town and the famous circus elephant, Old Bat, got all the peanuts he could eat. Meanwhile, my great, great, great grandfather, Austin Goller, stares down his last sip of 200 proof white lightning, thinking, Hillbilly lives don't matter much anymore. <laughs> Dr. Seuss is Tony Robbins for kids. Dr. Seuss wasn't racist. He's guilty of peaking early. But now Dr. Seuss is considered racist since an uppity NPR devotee librarian from Boston returned a bunch of Dr. Seuss books donated by the First Lady, uh, despite JFK being the one who told Frank Sinatra to disinvite Sammy Davis to his inauguration ball. Plus, President Trump passed prison reform, which affects mostly men of color. In addition to that, he also breaks bread with Jim Brown, who has spent the majority of his post-playing career reforming gangbanger Browns. <laughs> the resistor librarian claims Dr. Seuss's illustrations are steeped in harmful stereotypes. Well, like the Lorax, I speak for the trees when I tell her to stick with scanning books for a living because this bitter cat lady is full of caca and smells like pee-pee. Dr. Seuss drew a picture of a topless African in a grass shirt. Whoop-de-freaking-do! I didn't know FUBU was in fashion yet. But Dr. Seuss has to be racist. Only 2% of the characters in Dr. Seuss books were people of color. What about redfish, bluefish, gefilte fish? Why not complain about all the greedy, stubby, hook-nosed goblin bankers in Harry Potter? Two, you'd think Mel Gibson was the set designer on the flick. <laughs> Last, Dr. Seuss was Tony Robbins for kids, inspiring millions and millions of kids to believe in their dreams, even if they felt like their hopes were falling apart at the seams. Dr. Seuss was right. There is fun to be done and games to win. Success is for the taking. Just stop playing the victim and chuck your tablet into the trash bin. Unmasking Ronan Farrow. If Woody Allen really did molest Ronan Farrow's sister Dylan 
And if Ronan Farrow really is Frank Sinatra's son, as hinted at by his mother Mia Farrow during an interview with Vanity Fair, then why hasn't Ronan Farrow hired a hitman from Hoboken to knock Woody Allen on his ass yet? Unmasking Dory. Dads are stronger cheerleaders than moms. My wife says it's because we live in a patriarchal society. I said, I thought it was because our kids cared more about my opinions. My bad, because I actually show palpable interest in our children's stories and never blank on how they're living proof of God's existence in our hearts. Unlike that two-faced bitch in cardigan sweaters, otherwise known as the daytime Dory, (laughs) the funniest hitman from Queens. It isn't an insult to call the late great Greg Giraldo a great roaster. Knocking out audiences with one killer insult blast after the last is what he was great at. Making Lisa Lampanelli less interesting than Sarah Silverman pretending to be a social justice warrior like Chelsea Handler to downplay their collective tits sag in popularity <laughs> in a post-woke universe where Amy Schumer struggles to be edgy funny in her feeble attempt to show off her evolved act without spicing her set with a Mexican rape joke, rape, rape joke anymore for all time's sake. <laughs> Plus, true stand-up is a punchline sprint, not a meandering act out with your hands with no hard punchlines in sight like Dane Cook for the past 15 years and counting. Even Jeff Bezos sends dick pics to his lover now. I hear he's bulgy, but his new lover used to be married to Kansas City Chiefs tight end Tony Gonzalez. So happy denting Ajax man. For a man of his intelligence, I just expected better texting skills than a younger Kristen Stewart. He texted, I love you. I will show you with my lips. His wooing skills don't sound too Klingon cheesy. Plus, there's no way Jeff Bezos tastes good, Ben Shapiro included. Pro creation solution. New Yorkers are no longer procreating fast enough to replace their dying population. Over-the-hill hipsters can't get it up to pork their girlfriends because they're already glued to the couch from another pork-induced coma. Lena Dunham clones want to have sex, but they're not hot enough to impregnate by mistake either. Lena Dunham's encouraged flappy look on Instagram isn't helping. Over-the-hill hipster hobbits aren't getting their girlfriends into the mood for sweet, sticky love either when their ideal workout is picking up a phone to order more pork buns instead. So ladies, if you want your sweaty sex period with your boyfriend to last more than two seconds, then stop mimicking Lena Dunham's encouraged frumpiness look on Instagram. <laughs> no man, bi, straight, or gay is sweating the prospect of missing out on the opportunity to mount the hunchback of Bushwick. Just one more time for the road, who looks like she just swallowed Hipsterville, USA during restaurant week. <laughs> Sticking with Nerf football in the yard. My dad pushing eventual peewee football on his grandson is another example of him trying to make me bow down to his authoritative opinion, which makes me think he's the one with brain trauma from feeding his head with too much acid at Woodstock because if I bowed down to this belabored, weak-ass pitch command request, I would have shied away from doing any political material during my speech at my younger brother's wedding when I said to his old pal from boarding school, Cam from Canada, make yourself at home and hit somebody. 
So Jim Carrey, campaign you as an alt-right goon on the loose in Charlottesville for hire with a tiki torch in hand, looking like an angry, rejected extra from the Sears catalog in 89. Carlin wouldn't have aged well today. I'm glad George Carlin died when he did, because chances are he would have been another glaringly unoriginal Trump resistor comic on the rag, which would be twice as depressing, knowing that Donald has proven to be the most anti-war president we've ever had, who's not a part of the military-industrial complex club, which Carlin spent the entirety of a stand-up comedy career decrying against. And what was George Carlin so bitter about towards the twilight of his career, knowing his daughter wasn't even given, was even given her own satellite radio show yet to bore other stand-ups during interviews about the craft through sheer osmosis. <laughs> George Carlin was a working headline for five decades at this point which is more than you could say for Lenny Bruce, who died a broke junkie, defending himself, who couldn't even afford the coffin he got buried in, which Milton Berle paid for, of all people. Plus, George Carlin wasn't hurting for cash in his late 60s. He could have afforded to bang out some more kids to overcompensate for his deadweight conversationalist of a daughter to brighten up his crabbier days when hearing about tsunamis on CNN, wiping out large swaths of innocent life, became his go-to form of entertainment. The brain washing projectors. How does Fox or Breitbart have a monopoly on so called brainwashing, especially these days? <laughs> For almost four years, Google, Twitter, ABC, NBC, CNN, ESPN, Facebook, holder than now NPR, has done nothing but perpetuate blatant lies like the Russian collusion tale with less legs than Lieutenant Dan, the sham impeachment trial over the fact that the president dared to question why Hunter Biden was getting paid 50 grand a week to push borscht as a new kombucha, or blame President Trump, not China, for making a commie-made virus to kill our record-breaking economy in one killer swoop. All lies to rustle back power in order to avoid prosecution and hide the real crimes of a failed coup to remove still your President Trump, and real-life election interference by illegally spying on the Trump campaign when he was running against Hillary Hammertime Cankles, a.k.a. Huma Liquor Breath, in addition to bankrupting and shitting all over General Flynn's name, a former Democrat, by the way, because Obama didn't like the fact how General Flynn disapproved of the fake news hopeful one, nuke gifting Iran on his way out the door, who's only the number one sponsor of terrorism in the world, thinking $150 billion in unmarked bills was only used to make their economy less reliant on the sale of hair removal products for the Kardashians, which has zero to do with Drago popping up in election boost four years ago, declaring, vote Trump or I'll break you. <laughs> Explaining AIDS through Trump. It's hard to have the birds and the bees conversation with your nine-year-old daughter today without referencing Trump. I tell my daughter, Trump used the profits from the woman rink in Central Park for men's gay groups during the AIDS crisis. Daughter says, what's AIDS, Daddy? I say, a reason to become a full-time lesbian when you get older because you can take a licking and keep on ticking. But what I love about Trump the best is his relentless optimism and over-the-top salesmanship. If fuckface Fauci told President Trump today he contracted the HIV virus because the deep state pricked him with the virus in his sleep like they did to Eazy, the next morning, Still your President Trump would tweet, Do I have HIV? Yes, but my T-cell count numbers 
have never been stronger. Killing dream jumpers loudly. Concerned text from Xbuds after seeing Shades of Me in the new Joker film. Killing on Kimmel should be enough. When the Joker suffocates his mother to death, did you feel strangled by despair because the Joker's mother thought less of her son's comedy ambitions than your own mom does? Joker could have been Bruce Wayne, but you were born with a vape pen in your mouth and the rough section of scars on New York and got to take your SATs untimed. So what's your excuse for taking so long to make it as a big-time comedian already? This is the Do It All Dad Year podcast. Dad-friendly entertainment for you and me. What Gen X dads understand. Controlling our kids to comedy can make our kids great again. My three fuss-free kids, 99% of the time, are living proof of it. I still believe in miracles. I hope you do too. And I'll talk to you guys soon.